0: Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at the wonderful world of wine. wine, wine, wine. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark and Kim. Happy New Year, Kim.
1: Happy New Year, Mark. Good to and talk
0: to you again. Good to talk to you again, yeah. and uh, Happy New Year to all our listeners. This is our first show in 2021. Kim, you believe it? 2021. I know. Wow.
1: So glad that that year is over. Yeah. <laughs> more more good things to look forward to in 2021.
0: We hope so. We we, we do hope so, and we're always looking for the latest in the wine world to talk to our listeners with. And today we're going to talk about an article that was in Bloomberg, and we're just going to go over what happened with the harvest in 2020 that we can look forward to when the 2020 vintages are released. So a lot was going on last year with the harvest, Kim, and we touched stories here and there throughout the year, but we thought we would give an overview of everything in the world for 2020. And how would you like to start with this, Kim?
1: Well, I think this is a really good time of year to be reflecting on, okay, what did the past vintage give to us? Because if we're talking about All of 2020, we have the Spring Harvest, which is wineries and vineyards in the Southern Hemisphere. So they did their harvest March, April, May for those places like New Zealand, Australia, South America. So if you see a bottle of wine from any of those Southern Hemisphere places with the date of 2020 on them, they would have been harvested in what is our spring. So those first few months. But this is a really great time to talk about then the Northern Hemisphere vintage places like Europe. Europe, like California because we finally have an idea of maybe what those wines are going to look like and going to taste like everything is picked everything has been made and the wineries are starting to get a little bit of an idea of what the flavors of those wines are turning into so i actually feel like December january of the new year is a really great time to be addressing these things because like you said you know this year was a little bit of a roller coaster for a lot of different places so it's it's going to be a very interesting Interesting vintage report.
0: I'm glad you mentioned The 2020 Southern Hemisphere stuff is already on the shelf So some of our listeners might be saying Well, I've been drinking 2020 New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs mm-hmm. for a while now Right? It's been on the shelf. So, Kim, have you had Any 2020 vintages of anything This year? The only thing any-
1: that I have had yeah. so far Has been Beaujolais Nouveau. So yeah, I have not Had anything from New Zealand Yet for 2020. Still working on some uh, Some 2019s, which is still Holding up great. You know, those are not old wines Yet. So there's plenty of out there for people to experience as they're waiting for those twenty twenties to come out.
0: And we talked about Beaujolais Nouveau in the past, Kim, and so our listeners probably say, wait a minute, France, Beaujolais Nouveau, that is not Southern Hemisphere. Why was that released already? And why are we waiting for the others? All right. So it's this that's a unique 2020 release that comes out very early.
1: Right. As I which- like to tell people Those, um, that bottle of uh, 2020 Beaujolais Nouveau that is released the week before Thanksgiving, eight weeks before, that was literally still a grape on yeah. a vine. <laughs> They're like brands banking new right out of the tank. So it is sort of a you know, an outlier when you get a particular wine released um, into a store, or into a restaurant. So you're right. That one is a, is a little bit of a rule breaker.
0: So it's interesting that right now the Southern Hemisphere is obviously summer, we're winter. So that's why obviously the harvesters and the vintages are released at, at different times. I've noticed lately the 19 vintages of like California stuff are, are really starting to hit the show like october november december they've been coming in Mm -hmm. in full force now so you're going to start seeing 19 vintage northern hemisphere stuff pretty soon we'll be getting 2021 from the southern hemisphere because they'll be harvesting when we're just starting to grow so it's always interesting always baffles me the growing seasons you have to kind of i don't know it lost me in the beginning but it took me a while to kind of understand the whole cycle thing but
1: then i think it's nice that there's always something new hitting that's one of the sometimes maddening things about wine, but also exciting things about wine is that it never stays the same. You know, there's always changes and there might be, you know, a slight difference between one vintage and another. And uh, you can be sad when your favorite vintage is gone, Um, but there's always something new to look forward to.
0: Yeah. So this Bloomberg report covered all the areas and had a lot of highlights. And I thought it was interesting, Kim, they didn't really mention a lot about the pandemic affecting the harvests.
1: Right. It was more of a traditional... yeah, it was more of right. a traditional harvest report. Like this was, you know, more the impacts of of weather on the partic- on the quality and the quantity of the grapes, but not so much the um, the human element that COVID has disrupted as far as being able to manage the vines and harvest and all that stuff that people are required for.
0: So they started out with the U.S. talking California and Oregon and the big thing affecting harvest, of course, was the big fires that happened this year again, which, uh, you know the smoke that we mentioned, uh, so they're really worried about what was going on. And I think Kim, what we learned is a lot of the harvests had already taken place. Unless something happened where the wineries unfortunately burnt down, that would affect their harvest because they can't produce what they grew.
1: Right. So California unfortunately was hit by two massive wildfires at different times during the harvest season. So they had some in August, and then they had those terrible ones that hit at the very end of. September into October. So it was kind of a double whammy because there were some wineries who the fires might have been close to them in August and but they didn't suffer any damage and then they got hit by it really really badly in that later one so that was napa and sonoma really got hit hard by that september fire and the smoke was very different and it was very almost like tarry and clingy because there were so many structures that burned down as opposed to it being wildfire that was burning trees and woods and grasses and things like that so two very very different fires and the the smoke really was the main thing that had impact in that later one because so much cabernet was still on the vines and hadn't been harvested yet. So from some other things that I've been reading, it sounds like there is going to be very, very little of those higher tiered or better quality California and Napa specifically Cabernet is for the 2020 vintage. So we just may not even see a whole lot of those bottles on the shelf in a couple of years.
0: Yeah. I know at the, at the end of the year, there was a lot of Napa caps I couldn't get already, you know, not to mention the 2020 vintage, but they're already so, sort of holding back things yeah. to, to preserve it. Cause they know they're not going to be able to produce anything. Maybe this vintage year, there, there was also a little comment they made about the, the smoke, Kim. I thought it was interesting saying they feel that smoke if it's at the high atmosphere like way up in the in the air it might not have the same effect as if you're close to the ground with the smoke on the grape they're still testing things there so yeah and the uh, testing you know, the is fire, a big thing smoke, too we they didn't really mention Washington as much but we know they probably had some damage as well from from some from fire and smoke but uh, they didn't really mention in this that I saw, unless you did.
1: No, it was mostly focusing on California. So I know, like you just said, Washington did have some damage, Oregon as well. But it may have been what you um, pointed out, that it, it could have been smoke in that that upper, upper atmosphere range that didn't have as much of an impact. And that was that from those earlier fires. So hopefully Oregon and Washington will be fine and... Luckily, not a lot of white wine production has been affected because of all of these fires. What will impact the quality and the quantity of the whites for this year was just the heat waves that were running through California. It was so hot throughout so much of the season that that most likely will have an impact on on the flavor of a lot of the whites. So you can probably look out for heavier, maybe higher alcohol, more riper flavors in your whites. There aren't going to be as many of those light, bright, crisp. Uh, whites, but we don't tend to get a lot of those out of California anyway. So that's what you can look for for the California 2020s. Good listening to The Wonderful World of Wine. We're your hosts, Mark and Kim. You can find more information about Mark at his website, franklinlickers.com, and more information about myself at vinitaswineworks.com. And you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Welcome back. We are talking about 2020 vintage reports from around the world. Uh, We just spoke a little bit about what we can expect from the 2020 bottlings from California and Washington and Oregon. And now we should move to France because there are so many different regions in France. And as we all know, they have slightly different weather patterns. So different regions might have had a good year, different from its neighboring region, which maybe didn't have a very good year.
0: Yeah. We'll start with Alsace, Kim. And and they were saying with most of the French years, they got hit hard with climate change kind of hitting there. They harvested earlier this year, which in a region where it's cool anyway, they really want to let the, the uh, harvest sit there for a while to build up some sugars, right? But they if they have to pick it earlier, a lot of times they're not getting that alcohol that they need out of the fruit. So I think they also mentioned of Alsace-Kim that they had an all-time low in sales coming into this vintage year. So now they're concerned that their sales are going to even get worse because they won't have any product to sell.
1: Mm-hmm. But it, it did sound like it was a, a promising vintage out of Alsace. Uh, when they, have, they tend to have um, very low precipitation in this area. It tends to be one of the drier regions of France. So when they have a slightly warmer vintage... They tend to have kind of rounder, slightly more luscious wines. So I think it sounds like the quality of the wines from Alsace for 2020 are going to be quite good. And it's just a matter of, is there uh, enough of a market for them and who's going to be buying them and can they sell them? So hopefully, and this looks promising for me, so I'm going to keep Alsace 2020 on my radar, Uh, especially for the Reds. Uh, There was mentioned that the Pinot Noirs are going to be very, very good from this vintage. So I am looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, they were saying juicy, rich Pinot Noirs, which is a different style. Usually it's more acidic uh, style. Pinot yeah, noir, so like
1: leaner. So I think this sounds um, very intriguing.
0: We'll have to look for that. And they said mm-hmm. the acidity was low. So I'm hoping the sparklings won't be affected because of that acidity True. To, to make True. sparkling. So we'll watch. This is
1: one of our favorite places to go for uh,
0: Cremant from France. Let's move on to Bordeaux, Kim. Right, what, what so Bordeaux
1: tends to be the one that a lot of people want to, to know about between uh, Bordeaux and Champagne are probably the two most popular regions in France that people pay attention to these vintage reports from. So Bordeaux apparently had quite a good vintage. Hot, dry in the summertime, practically perfect growing conditions. So the expectation is that this will be another really good vintage out of
0: Bordeaux. They said the last time they had a vintage maybe this good was 1949, I believe. So a long time. And they were said almost perfect conditions, like you said. And it's funny because I thought we just did an article where they saying something about the climate change. It was too hot there, remember? And they were developing... Yeah new grapes cause they've concerned and then turn around 2020 and they have a perfect vintage.
1: Well, but that's, you know, long term. <laughs> you're developing yeah. new grapes now, you know, those aren't going to make it into the bottle for a decade, maybe more. But there are so I feel like every couple of years we we get this information out of Bordeaux that it's like vintage of the century hasn't been as good of a vintage in, you know, 40 years and blah, blah, blah. Like we heard that in 2000 and 2005 and 2010. So 2020 is going to be another one. So some more things to yeah. stock away in my wine cellar because I've been drinking my 2010s.
0: I mean, I think the 15 vintage, the seventeen vintage, we're all good and then they turn around and they say, Oh, next year's not gonna be as good. And then they say, Oh yeah, it was it's very confusing <laughs> it's like, to me never mind. <laughs> yeah. I won't worry. If they if they kinda of, I feel like a lot of times sales use that to pressure you to to buy into a certain vintage. Yeah. Because they don't want to buy into the new vintage yet. But I wouldn't be concerned ever about it. it's, it's always going to be, they'll always make good stuff. Hopefully. Good.
1: Hopefully they did say that the that picking did start significantly earlier this year, two weeks earlier than usual. So that's where that little bit of climate change information comes in. The, the fact that it was so warm that they could pick earlier because our grapes had reached optimal, minimal ripe, ripening for picking. So that's, that is, I think something more to keep our eyes on is what is the picking date? Cause that definitely gives you an indication of the changes that are going on in different regions
0: now let's move to burgundy kim another hot french area i mean hot as far as trending wines everybody wants burgundy and they want to know what's going on with the vintage so they can buy into them uh they're saying once again third year in a row was hot and dry Mm -hmm.
1: another uh another area that had some some really terrible heat waves over the summer so it sounds like there was maybe not as much quantity that we'll see coming out of the 2020s from Burgundy, but that the quality will be, will definitely be right there.
0: Well, the, the reason that to me is because these producers have been making wines for hundreds of years, most of them, and they know what to do. No matter what what the crop they're getting, they know what to do. So right. they'll be putting out, like you say, good stuff.
1: Yeah, that's the benefit of one of these regions where not only is the winemaking tradition pretty consistent from year in, year out, but that a lot of these grape growing families and winemaking families keep that knowledge within, either within the family or pass it down to their new workers. And they do have that institutional knowledge where they can respond to whatever the weather might be or whatever Mother Nature throws at them because they have all this experience. So another good reason to to trust in Burgundy because they they really do know what they're doing.
0: Oh, yeah. Now we'll move to Champagne, Kim, the the bubbly queen. You're all excited to hear the harvest report or the vintage report for Champagne. And we did a few stories uh, last year on this. So so... uh, we're always up to date on it.
1: All right. So this report is pretty much saying the same thing from a, a number of the other things that we were talking about over the spring and the fall that they really, a lot of the growers have of cut back on the quantity of grapes that they even were going to be producing because of concern that they wouldn't be able to sell it. Because of COVID or because of um, that are going on with the with the restaurant industry and distribution, so seems like there is going to be less of it. Um, they apparently cut yields by about twenty five percent, which is a lot of grapes and a lot of wine. Seventy but, million
0: bottles less because oh, of that. Goodness, seventy million—that's like your New Year's Eve right there, <laughs> That's that's a huge. I wish not when it's only me though. <laughs> Imagine the economic impact on that, producing seventy million less bottles and put it out into the world. I mean, that's going to hurt. Yeah,
1: it's massive. It's massive. But another one where the quality will be really good. And the, you know, I think the hard thing for consumers of champagne is so much of what we drink, is blends and it does not have a vintage designation on it so really what a lot of champagne makers and champagne growers are trying to do is produce a consistent style from vintage to vintage so as long as they have enough that they can make their their house styles and enough of their their bottles and and set aside some for those vintage designated wines which tend to be they're more expensive and they're better ones it'll the, the quality should still be what people expect um, out of Champagne. So that's a bright light anyway.
0: Yeah. You won't notice a difference when you're tasting it. Unfortunately, nope. the people there know what, what happened and the losses they took. So now let's move on to Loire Valley, Kim, which is a region we really don't hit on too much in the show, which is a shame because we both love the wines from there. And again, they had uh, early harvests here.
1: That's sort of the the trend for, I think, all of France and maybe all of Europe is that picking is happening earlier. And that is all because of the the changes to the climate. So it might be warmer years, some might be cooler than others, but consistently we are seeing this move towards earlier picking um, that really started about you know, 20, 25 years ago. So that's that's the story here in the Loire. But another one that has had a few years of good vintages. Um, I've had some really stunning wines from 2019, and hope, hopefully 2020 will uh, will be just as good from the Loire Valley.
0: And because they're a little further north, Kim, it's saying that they're actually benefiting a little from global warming because now their grapes get to develop a little bit more, ripen better and faster than mm-hmm. in the past, which is good. So they're actually benefiting from things the other people are hurting from. Yeah,
1: but I think that's the that's what we see in Bordeaux too. I and mean, that's the reason why Bordeaux has been having all of these stellar vintages. We've got, you know, eight vintages out of the last 20 that they're saying is vintage of the century because they're always right on that cusp of is it too cold to make really delicious wine. So if you have just that extra little bit of you know, temperature going up, you you cross the line into all of a sudden being able to produce fully ripe, really delicious juice. So yeah, I think the Loire Valley is kind of in the same boat as Bordeaux. It's like they've just been pushed over so that the the grapes can fully ripen and develop more of these ripe flavors and and produce more, um, dare I say, delicious
0: wines. Now let's move south again in France. Give the Rhone Valley. And they were very happy with the harvest in 2020.
1: Yep. So same story. And I don't drink a lot of Rhone wines these days, do you?
0: No, no. And then honestly, they're not selling like they used to. Um, yeah, I wish there were more because there are, are, there are really values. some great Cokerones. Yeah, and they're great values. You can get, you know, $10, $12 bottles that represent the region very well, but it, it's just a popularity thing. It's not real popular right now. Yeah, too bad. So I'm sure it'll the come t- back. 2020 vintage should be a great vintage. They had uh, some heat, but they had cool summer nights, so that balanced out the acidity and the grapes. So they're looking forward to producing some good wines for 2020. Excellent. Anything else on France, Kim, or can we move to Italy?
1: I think we should move to Italy.
0: All right. Italy, they're saying the quality is good, but the quantity is a little down, especially maybe in the French Accorda sparkling region, which I'm pretty sad about because they thought French Accorda was starting to kind of have a movement over mm-hmm. secco. And um, now this might hurt them a little because they might not have as much product on the shelf. They mentioned some other regions, Kim. They mentioned what uh, Chianti Classico region, the pretty happy with that
1: yep so good uh uh, good year for kiani classico it's like another good year for those quality proseccos that people are always looking for not as hot generally um in many places in italy that we had been seeing in france so it did seem to be a little more of a stable vintage in northern italy than we were seeing uh, over the mountains in france so some good consistency mild and that produces uh produces really good grapes.
0: So the most popular Italian wines for our listeners will be okay. Like the Chianti's, the Prosecco's, you don't have to worry. Everything's still going to be the same, even though-
1: So 2020 will be goodbyes.
0: Most of the stuff we heard from there, they were hurt by, was the shutdowns due to to COVID. They had harvest issues because of labor. They couldn't bring help in, but the harvest was still, vintage was still good. So now let's move to Spain, Kim, where you should have been. Ugh. This year, yeah. but could not travel.
1: <laughs> Thanks, COVID.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. what did you miss on the harvest, Kim, in Spain? So,
1: looks think? like I missed a lot of rain. <laughs>
0: good good
1: (laughs) yeah so um a lot of regions of spain were showing um, a particularly rainy vintage and rain really is is not good because it waters down the grapes and it can keep grape development from happening if it occurs at different times during during the growing season so um i think the from what this article is saying is that Quality is going to be very variable across the country. So we can't really say, oh, the wines of Spain in 2020 are going to be like this or they're going to be like this because different regions really had very different experiences. So there were some places like Ria Speiches, which is uh, in the northwestern corner, like just north of Portugal, where just like in Italy they were having issues with finding enough people to pick the grapes. So that is you know less the vintage and more of a human labor issue. So I think we're going to see some of those issues uh, creep up in other regions of Spain as well. But some places had had a lot of drought, other places again have had too much rain, so uh, very variable across the country.
0: Yeah, they're saying the cava producing areas had a lot of rain, so they heard a lot of the grapes would mildew. So that might be some cava production issues for 2020 from them, but we'll see. Let's move on to Portugal, which you mentioned, a little near Spain, right? A little south there, connected. They also, because of the corona, had a little change of tradition there, Cam, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah. So no uh no stomping on the grapes to make wine this vintage. Uh trying to be a little more paying attention to hygiene and
0: <laughs> yeah. people it's contact fun. with your wine. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It wasn't because of their feet touching the grape, it was because of you touching the person holding right. on to them as You, you gotta touch hold the on grapes. to each
1: other and like <laughs> the dancing in the troughs and all that. So, so yeah, you know, yeah. they wanted to keep the workers socially distant from each other and uh and dancing on. on on grapes to crush them wasn't part of the equation this year.
0: No worry about the dirty feet, just the dirty no, guy next to you. Just, so.
1: just a person breathing on you while he's singing. But Portugal did seem to have also another very, very hot summer. So some of the grapes even got to the point where they were dried out and raisinated on the vines themselves, which makes it a little bit uh, more difficult to make wine. But this is um, an issue that we've been seeing in Portugal for the last few vintages. It's just some areas are just getting so hot that a lot of the grapes are unpickable.
0: And last, Kim, we want to talk about Germany, which typically is a cool climate region. But once again, global warming kicked in there in Germany in the the harvest this year.
1: Mm -hmm. And it did seem to be... Such a nice vintage in Germany that the uh, quantity of grapes really went up. So it was supposed to be a particularly large harvest out of Germany this year. And because it was so warm, like, you know, we were talking with um, acidity tends to go down when you have warmer vintages. So you have rounder, kind of lusher styles of wine, and especially in these relatively cool regions. I mean, Germany is way up north and tends to be right on the line of where you can grow grapes and where you can't grow grapes. So when you have just that little change in temperature, it really can change the style of what you expect to get from these uh, from these regions. So expect uh, kind of rounder wines, but still with that nice acidity that they generally have. But a lot of that has to do with Riesling and Riesling almost always will have that sort of zingy acidity. So. Hooray for riesling.
0: We covered a lot of the world on the vintage reports this year, Kim. And one of the things I wanted to ask you: Do you get the vintage charts every year when they come out? Like they just released the 2020 vintage chart, so you can kind of reference all the past vintages and everything about rating them. Do you yeah. use? Did you get them at all?
1: I'll look them up and I'll print them out so yeah. that I'll have them. Well, was- hand, yeah, they are pretty. They are pretty handy.
0: It was like this year was the first time I noticed like the 2020 charts, the vintages they cover are only usually 18. Like Robert Parker covers up to 2019 vintage. The Wine Spectator covers 17 in the Northern Hemisphere and and the Wine Enthusiast covers 18 in Northern Hemisphere. So they're actually like Hmm. almost two vintages behind in rating them. Cause I guess, you know, like the twenties haven't been released yet, nineteens are just being released. So it would take probably a year to get some feedback on how it is, I guess, but I never really looked at that before. Yeah. When, when I, I saw I have, I've
1: always noticed that. And it was always a little annoying when yeah. I was working in retail that we would have a, you know, brand new vintage chart, but it wouldn't say anything for the year before. And so much of what people purchase are not those wines that right. have already been aging five years or so. It's It's the brand new stuff that we just got off a truck from the distributor, you know, and the distributor is rolling through the newest stuff. So therefore, we're getting it. So if it's even a nice bottle of New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, it's not going to be three years old. It's going to be relatively recent. And a lot of these magazines that do these vintage charts really don't pay attention to a lot of these other wines that people are just drinking as their everyday wines. So if it's something you know a less expensive you know maybe it's a fifteen dollar Rioja that doesn't really need a lot of age on it and has just come into the store the, you're not going to be able to find that stuff on a vintage chart once it first comes out so that's a little frustrating I think for you know that's those exactly of us
0: who where I was, are trying you, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to sell
1: the wines
0: I was hoping you were going to say that exact thing Kim because you every knew year- my frustration.
1: I don't yeah. know how you knew
0: that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I printed out of year, thinking, okay, customers going to ask me what's what was the vintage like in Napa or Sonoma, and I'm going to have the chart because I want to know exactly what it's rated or whatever. But it really doesn't matter because most of that stuff is probably, like you said, the lot of stuff's not rated yet. Number one, or yeah. there's none of that vintage left in the store by the time they're asking the question. So, so yeah, those charts to me, I used to print it out, put it in my wallet, and I never even used the thing.
1: I remember the wallet size ones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I used to keep one around too.
0: I'm glad we started the year off agreeing again with something. Oh, well. I'm happy.
1: Thank you for listening today to The Wonderful World of Wine. We've been your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lindsay. You can find our page on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. And we welcome your questions about wine and comments about the show. And uh, we welcome your input. And hopefully we would be able to address some of those questions on a future show. Cheers.